Today we're continuing our series entitled Better Together. Because here at Westover, we truly believe that we, all of us, are better together. So as I started thinking about this topic and this series that we're in, I began to reflect on what are some areas and some places in life where people are better together. And so I started thinking about sports teams. You know, sports teams are better and stronger together. If you look at any team, you may see some remarkable players who do great work by themselves. But if a team is truly to be extraordinary over time, there needs to be a team. They've discovered that they're better together. So I want to share with you a couple of duos and trios that we see in sports. And so if I mention your favorite duo or trio, just engage. We want to hear from you. Uh, so I also want to say I don't have an exhaustive list here, okay? So if I didn't mention yours, I'm not throwing shade at your team or your favorite players. It's just I've got some time to manage here today. So I want to start with basketball. All right, y'all tracking with me, basketball. There's Jordan and Pippen, Magic and Kareem, Shaq and Kobe, Hakeem and Clyde, for all our Houston Rocket fans, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and our very own Spurs, Duncan and Robinson. Yeah. Let's move on to baseball. We're going to start in Texas. What about Bagwell and Biggio? Yeah, my favorite duo in baseball is Nolan Ryan and Pudge Rodriguez. Any of y'all remember them? Yeah. Piazza and Clemens and many others. Now we're going to move to football. We're going to go way back and move forward. What about Staubach and Drew Pearson? Yeah. Montana and Rice, and then Montana retired, and then it was Young and Rice. Yeah. Now I'm going to say this next one, and... I know it's a mixed camp. Some of you really love this duo and some of you really don't at all. But what about Tom Brady and Gronk? Yeah, I knew it was going to be a mix. But I got to say, I don't know what I really feel about Tom Brady and Gronk, but I got to admit, they are great and they put up the points and they win the championship. So they deserve credit today. Now, we're going to go to soccer, which some of you consider real football, right? We're going to go with some of the greats like Pele and Garrincha. Javi and Iniesta, and then modern day, there's Messi and Suarez and Ronaldo and Vieira, and some of you are praying that Messi and Mbappe are going to really make it at PSG this year. I don't know, but we're going to see. Now, I want to share with you a couple trios that maybe you'll recognize, and if you recognize them, uh, just cheer loudly. What about for our own Spurs? We have Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. Ginobili. Yeah. Man, I miss those three. And then my favorite duo of all time, Dallas Cowboys, okay? But I got to go a couple decades back. I'm a little sad about this. We've got Aikman, we've got Emmett, and we've got Michael Irvin. Yeah. All of these teams, all of these people were remarkable in their own right. But when they came together and they were unified, they were better together. They were stronger together. They got me thinking. As believers, if we are unified and we're together and we're growing together and we're advancing together, we're going to be stronger and we're going to be better together. In life, we need each other because life is a team sport. We need each other. I need you. You need each other. 
We need to be connected to one another. That's what God intends. He intends for us to be unified and connected to one another. One of the things I was sensing for this specific message was the fact that I think some of you have been waiting for a friend. You've been coming for a couple weeks, maybe a, month, maybe a couple months, maybe a couple years, and you're waiting for a friend to show up, right? It's kind of like at the middle school dance where all the boys are on one side and all the girls are on the other side, and both sides are waiting for someone to make the move. Well, I'm going to encourage you to step out in faith and to step out and find a friend. Because in life, it's not about finding the right friend. It's about being the right friend. God's inviting us to be the right friend. We need to step out and take the first move and say, I'm going to lean into community. I'm going to lean and get connected to other believers because we truly are better together. I've discovered in time and in life that we attract who we are. It's true in marriage. It's true in friendships. It's true in business. And if we want to be a friend to someone else, we need to move forward in advance in the direction that God has for us. And I have one thought I want to deposit in your heart today, and I truly believe this for each one of us, is that you are an answer to prayer. I want you to turn to someone and say, I'm an answer to prayer. You are an answer to prayer. There's someone in this faith community, if you're disconnected, there's someone in this faith community who's praying for you and they want to meet you. And I truly believe that God wants to create that connection between you and that other person. And I'm, I want to hear years and decades from now that at this specific moment, you met a friend this weekend that has made your life better. So I just want you to set your heart. If you're disconnected today, you don't have to leave today and this moment disconnected any longer. In fact, we're going to have a moment at the end of service where you're going to be able to connect with other people. And in that, you're going to have a conversation. And if the two of you click, I invite you to share contact information and just to connect because we're better together. You are intended to be an answer to prayer. And I want to invite you to join me in Romans chapter 1. And this is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. And, and, and the truth is, Paul wanted to be a good friend to the church in Rome. Not only did he want to be a good pastor and a good leader, but a good friend to them. He knew that they needed encouragement. So let me just share a little bit of context of what's happening here. When the Apostle Paul writes this letter, the, Roman, the, church, the letter to the Roman church, what's happening in this moment is the world is being ruled by Rome. Now, Rome did a lot of really great things. They built Roman roads, they built aqueducts, they built infrastructure, they allowed language to progress and actually set the tone for the word of God to move forward. But the truth is, is that the nation state of Rome was really harsh on people. They were hard, they were tyrannical. And at this specific time, Rome was ruled by an emperor by the name of Nero, and Nero wasn't very nice. If you go back to your world history, maybe a couple years or a couple decades ago, you'll remember that Nero wasn't a great guy. He was a narcissist, he was paranoid, and he was a tyrant. He killed Christians. He killed his own family because he thought that his rule was in jeopardy. He even burned Rome while playing the flute. Nero wasn't a nice guy. And the Apostle Paul knew this. Because not only was Paul a Jewish man, but he was also a Roman citizen. And he knew that the church in Rome was facing difficult times. So I want to share with you what he says in this passage to them and what God is saying to us today. 
Romans chapter 1, open up your Bible, your Bible app, your Westover app. Let's look at verses 11 and 12 together. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Say strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. What Paul is saying here is I want to see you because I want to strengthen you and I want to encourage you. I truly believe that God is saying the same to us. That he wants us to see one another. He wants us to strengthen one another and encourage one another. So here's, here's what I want to share with you today. If you really want to be an answer to prayer, here are three steps to take. Step number one, make time for FaceTime. Make time for FaceTime. Now I know there's an app on some of your phones that is FaceTime, but I'm actually talking about face-to-face connection. Face-to-face connection is essential for us as humans. Why? Because when we see each other face-to-face, our body responds in a positive way. Studies have shown that babies, infants, when they're just born, they must see smiling faces in the first couple days and weeks of their life. Why? Because when babies see a smiling face, they smile as well. And in that process, what happens for both the parents or the family members and the baby there's a hormone that's expressed called oxytocin. If you know anything about biology and oxytocin, you know that oxytocin is responsible for pair bonding. It's responsible for connection. When oxytocin is is released in our body, it helps us feel more connected to one another. The good good news is, is that that same hormone is expressed not only in childhood, but all the way into adulthood. When we see one another... That hormone is released and we feel more connected. And this is one of the reasons why I suspect many of us were having a hard time in this season. Because while we can see each other, we can't see each other's smiles. So I just want to invite you. Maybe you're socially distancing right now and I understand the reason for that and you're wearing a mask. But I invite you to get around a couple friends outdoors, socially distance, and when you see each other, just lower your mask and smile at each other. It'll make a difference for you and for the other person. It'll lift your mood and lift your spirits. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. I want to see you. I want to see you. This is what he says in verse 11. I long to see you. That means I desire earnestly to see you. He wanted to see them, to encourage them. He understood that connection, face-to-face connection, would make a difference for them and for him as well. And here's a spiritual truth I want to share with you. Connected people thrive together. If you want to thrive, get connected. And if you get connected, you'll not only thrive yourself, but the other person who's in connection with you will thrive as well. There's this mutual thriving that happens. We're intended to be connected with one another. God did not intend for us to just survive. He wants us to thrive. He wants you to thrive. He wants me to thrive. He wants all of us to thrive. And so I want to share with you a couple ways to thrive. Here are two ways to thrive in this season. Number one, laugh and smile regularly. Laugh and smile regularly. It'll make a difference in your life. Because not only when we smile and laugh, oxytocin is released, but there's also other feel-good hormones that will make your life and your day better. Here's what... We see in the Bible, actually the Bible talks about this, talks about the importance of smiling and laughter. Proverbs 15 says this, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. 
Another verse says this, laughter is good like a medicine. If you want to feel better, laugh and smile. It'll improve your mood. It will lower your blood pressure. It will relieve stress. It'll strengthen your immune system. And for those of you who have physical pains, aches and pains, laughing and smiling will reduce that pain in your life. Laugh and smile regularly. Number two, to thrive, connect intentionally. We've got to make time for FaceTime. We have to connect intentionally. So I want to share with you three opportunities to connect. One is for couples, one is for parents, and one is for today. One is for couples, one is for parents, and one is for today. The first one for couples is a class called Vertical Marriage. It started this past Saturday at 6 p.m. in room 100. But if you want to take your marriage to the next level, be a part of Vertical Marriage. And the thought is this. The more we connect with Jesus, the better we can connect with our spouse. The more we connect with Jesus, the better we can connect with our spouse. You can register on-site at the door next Saturday and take your marriage to the next level. Number two, for parents, we have a class called Parenting Through the Phases. We recognize that our children, as they grow up, go through different phases. And every phase has its specific wonderful things about it, but also some challenges. And right about the time you get used to parenting your kids in one specific phase, they jump a phase. And then you get used to that one, and then they jump another phase. And it's hard to keep up. And sometimes I think as parents, we feel like we're constantly losing because we can't seem to get our hands on what we need to do in that moment. Well, this class, Parenting Through the Phases, are going to help you discover the six things that kids need in every phase of life and the four conversations that you need to have at each phase to help your kids level up. We're committed here at Westover to help parents and couples win. Because if you win, your family wins. And if your family wins, this whole church wins. And if this church wins, then God is glorified. And I say, let's do it together. The third opportunity I want to share with you is for today. In fact, we're going to end service a little bit early. But it's not so that you can run out to the car and go to lunch. It's to give you a moment to connect. We want you to step out into the hallway. We're going to have some refreshments. We'd love for you to gather some refreshments and hang out and have a conversation with someone you've never met before. If you're looking to connect, make time for FaceTime. Make time today for FaceTime. Don't just run and pick up your kids in the kid drop-off area or pickup area. Kids and Student Ministry is going to end right at the hour, but we're going to carve out some time for you to connect because we truly want to make time for you to have FaceTime with someone else. So at the end of service, we invite you to just step out into the hall and have a conversation. And how, do you want, how can you start a conversation? Here are some pointers about starting a conversation with someone you haven't met before. Ask them their name. That's always great. Ask them where they're from. Ask them how long they've been at Westover. Ask them to tell you about their family. And ask them why they're, they're choosing to be at Westover. Also ask them about their story. Just ask a couple questions and what you'll discover is over time that anxiety will go down and you'll be more connected. Just wanna invite you to lean into that. The second step to be an answer to someone's prayer is to speak life because it strengthens others. Say it with me, say speak life. It strengthens others. Speak life because it strengthens others. A timely word makes a big difference. Sometimes we can say something small and what seems insignificant, but it's 
priceless and timely and important for the person that you're speaking to. The Bible tells us that there's power of life and death in the tongue. We need to, in this season, speak life to one another. It strengthens each one of us as we do that. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying in verse 11. He says, I long to see you that I may impart, say impart, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. This word impart means to make a spiritual deposit. He says, I want to see you face to face. I want to know what you're celebrating. I, know, I want to know what you're struggling with. And when I see you and I hear you and we talk together, I truly believe that God's going to give me something that I can impart to you, a specific and timely word that will make a difference for you. And this is what God intends for us to do as spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered believers. He intends for us to speak life into the lives of other people. We're intended to be a fountain of blessing into the lives of other people. And so I want to challenge you. If you're spirit-filled, I want to encourage you to share Holy Spirit-directed words because they are life-giving. There's someone in your life that can be encouraged by you. There's moments in time when God prompts each one of us to reach out to someone, and he does it persistently over a couple days. You know what I'm talking about? He reminds you of a friend or a family member that you haven't talked to in a while, or maybe someone from high school that you haven't seen in a couple decades. If God brings those people up, this is what you pray. Say, Holy Spirit, direct me. What do I need to share with them to encourage them? And then if a word comes in your mind, maybe peace or encouragement or strength or resolve, search for those Bible verses online and then say, Holy Spirit, direct me on what verse I need to share with that person to make a difference. And once that verse is lifted up off the page by the Holy Spirit, copy it and send it to that person because a timely word is life-giving. In fact, I want to take a moment and impart to some folks today. I just sense this on my heart. I want to make mention to you, Carla. God sees you and he knows you. He knows what you've presented before him and he's going to meet it and exceed it. Whatever you've had before him, he's going to meet it and exceed it. To you, Sean, in the back, Jesus is all you need. He knows the challenges that you're facing, but Jesus is the answer. And to you, John, we just met recently. God's saying he loves you. You're important to him. And he says, welcome home. He has a purpose for your life. And for you, sir, who's watching online, I don't know who you are, but you feel like you're hopeless. You feel like you've lost hope in this season. God sees you, and Jesus is the hope that you need. When we're willing to listen to God, he's going to impart words that are going to be life-giving to others. I just want to challenge you to partner with the Holy Spirit. Let him direct you. Let him give you words that will make a difference in the life of someone else. We're intended to be life-giving to one another, and that's what makes faith community so very special. The last step to be an answer to someone's prayer is to share your faith story. Be willing to tell other people what your faith story is. The journey that God has taken you on, the way he's been faithful in your business and in your family, and the moment that you thought you were going to go bankrupt or you're going to have to close your business, or that moment you got laid off but God provided a job, the perfect job that you were needing and that you were wanting. If God's gotten you through some things, he doesn't want you to just hold that story to yourself. Be willing to share it with someone else because inevitably there's somebody who's in the storm that God got you through. 
And you sharing your faith story can make a positive impact. This is what the Apostle Paul says in verses 11 and 12. He says, I long to see you so that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. What he's saying is, I want us to get together. And in the process, I want us to be both encouraged. Encouragement takes two people. It takes two people. This is the definition of encouragement. It's the action of giving someone support confidence, or hope. The Apostle Paul adds on to this. He says, not only will we both be encouraged, we'll get support, confidence, and hope, but our faith will grow. When we share our faith story with someone else, our faith grows. When I share my faith with you, your faith grows and so does mine. When you share your faith story with me, my faith grows and so does yours. Why? Because faith grows when we share it. We're intended to not hold on to our faith by ourselves, but to share it as a gift and as an offering to someone else. We need to share that Jesus is the answer and he's the hope that people need and that he can cause breakthrough at any moment and that God's been faithful in your life. Someone else needs to hear that in this season. Don't hold on to it. Share it with someone else. In fact, to illustrate this, I wanna share with you a story that happened just this week. Earlier this week, a man came to Westover and he was looking for prayer and encouragement. I got the phone call from a staff member letting me know that a man was here. He said, Pastor John, are you on campus? I said, no, unfortunately I'm not, but I'll find someone who can meet with this gentleman. I've been called our life group director, Johnny Youngcout, and I said, Johnny, are you on campus? He said, yes. I said, there's a man we need to meet with. I said, can you meet with him? He said, yes, absolutely. And what ended up, what started as just an incidental meeting ended up being a divine appointment. And it's just like God to take something that seems superficial at the beginning and make it into a divine appointment. I want you to stay with me. God has a divine appointment for you. So as Johnny and and Edward, he's also known as Eddie, when they started to talk, they realized that both of them had served in the military. And I just say thank you to those of you who served in the military. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. But what was really special is that both he and Johnny had the same job in the military. They had common experience. They had an instant connection. And what started off as a 15-minute conversation went to an hour and a half. They went to lunch. They went to Subway and over a Subway sandwich. Yes, spiritual things can happen over a Subway sandwich. (laughs) But over a Subway sandwich, they talked about life. They talked about family. They talked about God and his goodness and how God has a purpose for each one of us. And Johnny prayed with him and encouraged him. But the story doesn't end there. This past Saturday, I met this gentleman. And it just so happened that the table I was sitting at at our men's breakfast, this man came and sat down and we got to talking. And then Johnny sat down and I realized that this was the guy that Johnny had invited to the men's breakfast. I realized that Eddie and his family, they've been coming off and on to Westover. But Eddie just needed someone to encourage him, someone to help him, someone to pray with him. And Johnny was that person. Eddie took a step of faith to reach out and Johnny was obedient and I've discovered that at the point we're ready to connect God has a divine appointment 
And I've just been sensing today, this entire weekend, that God has a divine appointment for you. Some of you are yearning for a connection. And God says, I'm here to honor that prayer for you today. There's someone in this house that you're intended to connect with. And we want to help facilitate that connection. And so as I close, I just want to invite you to set aside everything. I want to pray blessing over you. That God would just give you courage. So just everyone stand. And I want to pray for you. And I want to ask God to give you courage and strength. So invite all of us to bow our heads, close our eyes, front to back, side to side, up in the balcony. God, we're here today. We've heard your word. You've told us that we are an answer to someone else's prayer. I pray, Lord, that you would deep seed that in our heart, that we would truly believe that, God, and that, God, we would step out in faith with you and we'd make the first move like Eddie did, God. He was willing to be courageous and step out. But God, that's just one story. I truly believe that there's other stories that you want to write today, that there are relationships and friendships that you're wanting to start today. God, I just pray, Lord, that they would they would step into what you have. God, give them courage to get past the worry of rejection and truly believe that we are better together. I pray, Lord, that in the next couple moments that you would superintend over conversations, that you would facilitate connection, God. You are willing to create divine appointments for each one of us if we're at the point where we're ready to connect. And I believe there are people here today who want to do that. I pray your blessing and your favor over them. God bless them today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Before we dismiss, just want to make mention again, we have refreshments in the hallway. We invite you to grab some refreshments. Hang out for a moment. Kids and Student Ministry ends right at the hour. Meet someone you've never met. And if you'd like to meet my wife and I and some of our team, we'll be at Guest Central in the main lobby. Just want to say, it's been a delight to have you here this weekend. God bless you and you're dismissed.